once again you know what it is. And once again you already know where you have reached. It's the number one up and coming professional wrestling podcast. It's the number one up and coming professional boxing podcast. It's the number one up and coming mixed martial arts podcast. There's no other place in the world you want to be except right here on the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast. Right here on HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and however you may be listening, I welcome you. I am your host, Sean Hubbard. What up, though? Sunday, December 6, 2020. Good morning, here to bring you the second installment of the new series I like to call Breakfast with Hubbard. The morning after a big boxing pay-per-view bringing you right now. An exclusive recap of Danny Swiss Garcia challenging Errol Spence Jr. for the Unified Welterweight Championship of the World. But before we get into that, we got to make sure we get into this. Hotsprayer.com for all you business owners trying to make sure that your business pops in the best possible light on the internet. There's only one place to go, and that's Hotsprayer.com. Hotsprayer.com has helped out some of the biggest names in the industry. Make sure you add your name to that list. That's H A S C R E A.com. Hotsprayer.com because we love tech. Yes, 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 I'm feeling good this morning, man. God bless everybody out there, man. We are fired up after a really, really strong pay-per-view given to us last night by Fox Sports pay-per-view, by the great people over at Fight TV pay-per-view. Shout out to my boy, Joel. Shout out to everybody over there doing their thing. Ivan, the whole Fight TV staff. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you guys. And Hubbard Wrestling Weekly is in the building to give you a full recap of last night's festivity. Shout out to my boy Conrad Cushman, also of EPW, Everything Pro Wrestling. Make sure you check him out. You know what I'm saying? He called it. I called it. It's really it's really good to be right. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But listen, happy to be here with y'all right now. I did get all four right fights correctly predicted you know what i'm saying make sure you check out my twitter for that information but you know we'll get back to that on another another moment we're going to talk to you guys about how the fights went down last night we're talking about arlington texas jerry world you know what i'm saying the dallas cowboys magnificent facility in arlington texas you know what i'm saying the cowboys ain't too good this year i'm very happy about that by the way because i'm a giant fan first place by the way but i digress you know what i'm saying we were in the building last night, Dallas, Texas, Arlington, Texas to be exact, Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, for what was an epic night of professional boxing action. Let's get right into it, man. We're talking about the unified welterweight championship of the world. We're talking about the IBF and WBC. World welterweight champion Errol the Truth Spence Jr. defending his championships against the one and only Danny Swift Garcia. Errol Spence came into the 
the fight last night. Unified welterweight champion of the world. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, the best welterweight in the world in 2020. And then Danny Garcia, of course. A lot of accolades. He's had two losses in his career. But he is also a former two-division world champion and the former undisputed light welterweight champion of the world. So he's trying to get himself back on track. Came into last night's fight 0-2. 0-2 in big world championship fight in the welterweight division. He was trying to turn that around. And like I said, Errol Spence Jr., I think, is the best welterweight in the world. He was undefeated going into last night's festivities. 26-0, 21 knockouts. Just, just unbelievable. What I will say this, though. I will say this. It was a good fight. It was an entertaining fight. And the man who I thought would win did win. And he showed up and showed out. But we're going to get into that in just a few short seconds. Because we want to give some shout-outs and some love to the undercard fights as well, man. And by the way, Hubbard Wrestling Weekly was 3-0 and on predicting the undercards as well. So... I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? Joel over there, Fight TV, Fight TV. You know what I'm saying? Show me some love, man. I was doing my thing last night. Like I said, my boy Conrad showed me some love. Let, let the world know I predicted the fight correctly. But, you know, like I said, I digress. We're not here to pat myself on the back. But at the same time, you know, we got to let it know what it is. <laughs> but listen, we in the building once again, man. Like I said, Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium. What a beautiful facility that is. And it was, uh, you know, the welterweight championship of the world was the main event. But we're going to go into a couple of these undercards, man. You know what I'm saying? Very, very talented fighter, Eduardo Ramirez, defeated Miguel Flores in a TKO victory. Round five. Um, it, it was a pretty much one-sided affair. Um, Eduardo Ramirez was the more highly touted fighter going into the fight. There was no question that it was going to be um, a hard-fought contest. Flores did put up a good fight. But, you know, I, I would say that Eduardo Ramirez basically outclassed Flores in the fight. Kind of pushing the pace, you know, working the jab, working the body excellently. And uh, when it was all said and done, uh, Ramirez was the winner by TKO. Very impressive performance by Josito Lopez over Francisco Santana. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of controversy in this fight. The only controversy would be that the fact that the referee, I feel, should have stopped the fight maybe a round or two sooner. The fight did go, well, not a full 10 rounds, but it went... 10 rounds and a scheduled 10, but it was it turned out to be a TKO victory for Lopez in the 10th round. I think the fight could have been stopped in the 8th. I definitely think the fight should have got stopped in the 9th or going into the 10th, you know, the break between the 9th and the 10th round. Josito Lopez really uh, beat up Francisco Santana. A game, a game, Francisco Santana showed a lot of heart, but... The fact of the matter is, Josito Lopez was the better fighter. Toward the end of the ninth round, you know, Lopez caught Santana with a, a really vicious combination that when the bell rang, you could see that Santana visually, visually you could see him, you know, staggering to the to the corner. Uh, former undisputed uh, world champion in the heavyweight division and now commentator Lennox Lewis, Hall of Famer Lennox Lewis, uh, said that he felt like Santana had spaghetti legs going into the corner. You know, all the, you know, people at ringside, the commentators felt like the fight should have been stopped. I felt the fight should have been stopped. But of course, you know, I guess the referee kind of lives by the motto, as long as you're continuing to defend yourself and throw punches, 
then you should have a chance to, you know, continue in the fight. But when Francisco came out uh, for the 10th round, uh, Lopez continued to combinate and, and land some devastating punches, to which case at 122 of the 10th round, the fight was stopped. Sebastian Fandoro going up against Habib Ahmed. This was a wipeout. Second round technical knockout win for Sebastian. Strong performance, combinations, uh, pushing the pace, cutting off the ring. It, it, it was a really strong, strong effort. Listen, before we get into the main event, because that's why we're here, right? We're talking about Spence versus Garcia for the unified welterweight championship of the world. I want to give a shout out, man, to a young man by the name of Vito. I want to make sure I pronounce the brother's name right. Uh, Milniki Jr., Last night, I'll just call him Vito because I don't want to, you know, mispronounce his name. 18 years old, just graduated high school, and beat down Stephen Pulliam in a six-round wipeout. It, uh, to me, it was a, a six-round to zero wipeout victory for Vito over Stephen Pulliam. Very, very impressive fight by that young man. Uh, watch out for him. I think he's going to be a household name down the line. Vito Milnicki Jr. defeating Stephen Pulliam, the 18-year-old recent college, excuse me, the recent high school graduate with a victory on the early prelims of the Spence versus Garcia card. Speaking of Spence versus Garcia, here we go. It's the welterweight champion of the world, the IBF and WBC welterweight champion of the world. Errol Spence Jr. going one-on-one -on -one with former two-division world champion Danny Garcia in Errol Spence Jr.'s backyard in his hometown of Dallas, Arlington, Texas. Tremendous atmosphere. There were 16,000 fans in that massive stadium, all socially distant. It was a really, really spectacular event put on by the Dallas Cowboy organization, Jerry Jones. You know, Fight TV, Fox Sports, whoever was putting it on. It was a tremendous, tremendous pay-per-view. Spectacular. It showed itself well. Production value on TV. The arena was nice. Everything was great. And it was two world-class welterweight fighters in the world. Two guys that I think are definitely two of the best. Obviously, I look at Errol Spence Jr. as probably top three in the world pound for pound. I rate Terrence Crawford number one. I rate Errol Spence number Three and I put Canelo Alvarez right there at number two. So we're talking about Crawford, Alvarez, and Spence Jr. And what a fight it would be if down the road Errol Spence Jr. took on WBO welterweight champion Terrence Crawford. That would be a spectacular event. I think that would sell out any arena. God willing, one day soon we'll have full fan capacity in these arenas. With that being said, let's get the First things first, you know what I'm saying? Last night, IBF WBC welterweight championship of the world. Errol Spence Jr. came out and he was on a mission. But let's talk about Errol Spence Jr. A little, a little background on Errol Spence Jr. 26-0, and 0, you know what I'm saying? 21 knockouts, you know, coming into last night. And, I mean, he, but he's coming off his longest layoff. And this is what concerned me. Even though I predicted that Spence wouldn't fight by decision, I would have probably picked him to knock out Garcia had the circumstances been different. What circumstances am I talking about? I'm talking about, you know, on October 10, 2019, uh, Earl Spence Jr. was involved in a single car uh, accident. It was roughly 2.52, 2.53 in the morning. 
Um, you know, I believe from what I'm hearing, he got ejected from the car, uh, driving his Ferrari. Um, it, it, it was really a scary thing. Honestly, you know, you know, God forbid Earl Spence could have died. So first of all, let's, let's thank God this brother's okay. Let's thank God his brother's living, breathing, you know, thriving much less in the boxing ring again, but he's coming off his longest layoff of his career. Obviously it was because, you know, he, you know, was, you know, recovering from this almost tragic car accident, but by the grace of God, you know, Spence reported on his Instagram, he had no broken bones. You know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know how this dude, you know, got out of this situation, but you know, it's only by God's grace. And we're so happy here at Hubbard Wrestling Weekly that, you know, Errol Spence Jr. is alive and well and, and thriving because, you know, back in October of last year, it, it really, it didn't sound good, but it turned out to be fine, you know, and thank God he's, he's doing all right. Um, and not just doing all right, doing great, because after that long layoff, which included his recovery from the car accident, he's back and he's the 26-0 and Unified welterweight champ going up against two division world champions, uh, former world champion, Danny Swift Garcia. Now, Danny Swift Garcia, you know, his record speaks for itself, okay? He's, you know, he was, what, last night going into the fight, he was 36 and 2, you know, 36 and 2, 21 knockouts. Like I said, former two division world champions, but he's 0 and 2. He was 0 and 2 in big you know, championship high-profile fights in the welterweight division. You know what I'm trying to say? He he He's had a tremendous career, former unified light welterweight champion of the world, but he lost to Keith Thurman by split decision. He lost to Sean Porter via unanimous decision. And it started to become like the narrative, you know, can, can Swift Garcia get it done against the higher-profile welterweight? But last night was the test, and last night he went up against who I believe is the best welterweight in the division, you know, toss-up between him and Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence Jr., and once again, it was didn't work out exactly how the way Swift uh, wanted it to work out. But let's go down the parameters of the fight, and let's talk, talk about how the fight, you know, played out. Spence, in my, in my mind, won the first four rounds, okay? First of all, you had Spence coming out. Spence had the home field advantage, the hometown advantage, being from the Dallas area. Um, the crowd was clearly in his corner from the introductions to seeing his face on the video wall, booing Swift Garcia out of the building. You know, Danny Garcia got booed when his face showed on the video screen. It was clear that Spence was going to have the home field advantage. But, you know, sometimes people thrive when they're the underdog, when they're the, the person who the fans hate. And Danny Garcia said from day one, from the press conferences to the to the you know, all the pre-fight buildup that he didn't mind being the, you know, guy who was playing the away game, quote-unquote. It was nothing that was going to bother him. Spence was the hometown guy. He had no problem with that. But, you know, Spence did take that momentum. I'm not going to lie. He took that momentum and he carried it and used it to carry him, I should say, to, you know, in my mind, a four-round-to-none lead. You know, after the first four rounds, I had, you know, Spence up 40 to 36, you know, so I felt like at that point, immediately, Garcia uh, had kind of built a hole for himself that he had to dig out of. There was no concern after the first bell rang about the fact that Spence 
Jr. was coming off this car accident a few months back, uh, or almost, you know, actually more than a year ago, um, coming, you know, off the longest layoff of his career, over 400 days without being in the ring, by far his longest layoff of his career. The concern was, will he be the same? Will the hand speed be the same? Will the endurance be the same? Will he be able to respond to a punch the same? And the, the answer was quickly made clear. Yes, yes, yes. In the words of Daniel Bryan, WWE, yes. Errol Spence Jr. was ready. Errol Spence Jr. won the first four rounds. Decisively, I gave Garcia round five. I felt like round six might be somewhere in the even range from there. You know, Garcia did win round seven. So if, if you gave round six to Danny Garcia, you would say that Garcia kind of put himself in a comeback situation by being able to win rounds five, six, and seven. But then, again, Spence reasserted his dominance by winning, in my in my mind, rounds eight and nine. I felt that Garcia won round 10. And then round 11, I think, kind of Spence maybe took the round off. And then round 12, obviously, Spence closed the show. It was, it was a, a very good fight. I scored the fight 116-112 for Spence. The combination, the pushing of the pace. Garcia didn't seem like himself. Garcia did not show himself to be the aggressor. His father in the corner, his his uh, corner man and father, Angel Garcia, kept telling Garcia, push the pace, push the pace, put pressure on him. Don't let him get away with, you know, manipulating the ring and cutting the ring off. And Garcia would say, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. But then we'd come out, Spence Jr. would throw the jab, lead with the jab, that southpaw stance, throwing Garcia off. Made sure that he cut off the ring. Garcia's back, consi Garcia's back consistently against the ropes. Then when Garcia would try to reverse the position of the ring and have Spence on the ropes, Spence still was able to keep him off with the jab, keep him off with the massive left hooks. All night long, the theme was body, body, body. You had Spence working the body, massive body shots to the ribs, right hooks to the ribs, left, left hooks to the ribs. You know what I'm saying? It was a really strong strong performance early in the fight Garcia landed a punch after the bell I think that that even made Spence a little bit angry he started coming out even more furious than he already was like I said he won the first four rounds on my scorecard Spence was ready he showed the world why I consider him to be one of the two best welterweights in the world like I said once again on the pound for pound list on the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly pound for pound list I have Terrence Crawford as number one I have Errol Spence as number three, and Canelo Alvarez is right in the middle at number two. And I'm telling you something, Errol Spence Jr. showed himself to be ready, showed himself to not have any ring rust whatsoever. Like I said, over 400 days, not active in the ring with from his last fight to the car accident to his return last night in Arlington, Texas for this big pay-per-view on Fight TV and on Fox TV pay-per-view. And I'm going to tell you something, he showed the world why he's the man. He showed the world the speed. He showed the world why he's the number one guy or number one or two guy in the 147-pound weight division. He showed himself to be stronger than ever. He showed himself to be more focused than ever. He showed himself to not be blinded by the pay-per-view spotlight. He has defeated, you know, people like Sean Porter before, who, by the way, Sean Porter was part of the, po uh, the podcast, excuse me, part of the broadcast on pay-per-view. And he announced to the world that he's the mandatory challenger. So, you know, we could see another Sean Porter you know, Errol Spence Jr. fight down the line. We could see a Sean Porter versus, uh, you know, Crawford fight, you know, down the line. I would love to see any combination of those three fights. Crawford, 
Porter, Errol Spence Jr. But last night, Errol Spence Jr. showed himself to be, in my mind, the man to beat in the division. He holds two belts. And you can't forget about Manny Pacquiao. You can't forget about Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is the WBA champion. So you can't, you know, discount Manny Pacquiao too with his tremendous experience. And, you know, he is a, a, a belt holder in one of the major divisions. He's the WBA champ. So I think that's the class of the division, honestly. You know, plain and simple. I think you got Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence Jr., Sean Porter, and Manny Pacquiao as the class of the division. So once again, last night, Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Texas, AT&T Stadium, the one and only Errol Spence Jr., the truth, still, 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 the WBC and IBS, welterweight champion of the world. Swift Garcia goes to 0-3 in major welterweight championship fights, his you know career. Let's let's we don't know. Is he gonna still be able to do these, you know, big pay-per-view numbers, you know, on his own? You know, I, I thought last night was gonna be his opportunity to kind of reestablish himself as one of the biggest names in the sport. He is one of the biggest names in the sport. I think he's a Hall of Famer, like I said, a former undisputed light welterweight champion, a former WBC welterweight champion. I don't think his Hall of Fame status diminishes by the loss last night to Spence. But as it pertains to his relevance, in today's landscape of welterweight championship fights, I don't think that he's going to be on that level anymore. I think it's Spence. I think it's Crawford. I think it's Pacquiao. And I think it's Porter who are going to dominate this division for the next year to two years. So we'll see how that goes. So with that being said, man, this was the second installment of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Breakfast with Hubbard series. Night after major boxing pay-per-view is going to bring you these review shows. Um, I'm really excited about the future. Big shout-out to Fight TV once again, Joel and the whole staff over there. I appreciate you guys. Big shout-out to Conrad Cushman of Hubbard. Excuse me, Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. Conrad Cushman of Everything Pro Wrestling. You know what I'm saying? He, he kind of shouted me out this morning on my Twitter, letting the world know that I correctly predicted the fight. I appreciate you, my brother. I'm praying for you, my brother. And you know what that's all about. That's between, you know, that's personal. So I'm praying for you, my brother. Speaking of prayers, man, everybody out there, we're going through a pandemic right now. And I would be remiss if I didn't let everybody know that I'm praying for you. Um, I am a Christian man, so I'm praying that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ brings peace to all of us out here that are going through this very trying time. I believe God is good. I believe God will bring us through this. If you have lost someone during this pandemic, my deepest condolences and I ask that God uh, bless your heart and, and, and bless your spirit as you go through this tough time. But I'm believing that God's going to bring us through, man. And I believe that we're going to hold on, you know, to his unchanging hand and be blessed even in the midst of this very rough time that we're going through right now. But with that being said, this is the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Twitter. I am going to post a Hubbard Wrestling Weekly exclusive top 10 pound for pound list on my Twitter. I'm going to also attach it to the YouTube presentation of this podcast as well as the presentation on the hubbardwrestlingweekly.com website so make sure you check that out uh the twitter is hub 2b's underscore wrestling hub underscore wrestling also the tiktok over 350,000 views in a very short time thank you all so much for that appreciate that um hub 2b's once again h-u-b-b wrestling weekly and of course hubbard wrestling weekly on youtube and once again hubbardwrestlingweekly.com so, with that being said, I'm the founder and host, Sean Hubbard. I sincerely thank you wherever you are and however you may be listening. I salute you. I thank you. I appreciate you. 
And I thank God for this awesome opportunity because as a man, forget me being a journalist, forget me being an entertainer, forget me doing all this stuff. I'm a man first. And I thank God that I, in this trying time, can maybe bring you guys a smile during a time where not too many people are smiling. So if I can bring you a smile, I consider it a blessing and a privilege. So with that being said, my name is Sean Hubbard. This is the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah to anybody who's out there who's celebrating any of those holidays. I'm a Christmas guy. Big shout out. Love Christmas season. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. God bless. Be encouraged, man. Enjoy holidays with your family. Stay socially distant. Wear your mask. We will get through this. 2021 will be better than 2020. I predict that. And we will be all right. So with that being said, we'll be in touch. We'll be talking very, very soon. Look out for new content that's coming very, very soon. Be safe. Be encouraged. We'll holler at you.